Popper to the People is brought to you by MTG Madness. You can visit them online at mtgmadness.com. This is Popper to the People with me. I am Nate. With me tonight is Chris. Hello. And Dan. Hey. Once again, Peter won't be joining us thanks to some co workers and all that. So. Here's come back to yeah, here's to you for taking Peter away from the show. D bag. All right. Yeah, die in real life. Yeah, I need I need my co-host to make fun of Nate with me. <laughs> it's not the same. So, oh, yeah. So yeah, so how's our week's been? Awesome. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, what do you what have you been playing this week? What have you been up to, Chris? Uh, played Popper Premier Event. I went four two in the Swiss. Missed out on top eight. That was the same one that uh, Deluxe Cough missed out on. Other than that, just been playing some uh, some random two bands along with uh, played Affinity, even though I really don't like Affinity. I forced myself to play it in honor of Robot Week for Pure MTGO, and yeah. <laughs> uh, that was all right. You know, it's a lot better than than it used to be, I think, and maybe that's a yeah. result of whatever. But other than that, uh, still playing some Theros Block Constructed, and uh, yeah. Turn that up. What have you been up to there, uh, Dan? I've been doing mostly finals, but I've been playing uh, some Mono Blue Devotion in Standard, which is <laughs> quite a dick. <laughs> and uh, oh, I hate you. No, no, I don't have them anymore. Oh, okay. The final—I had to sell them when I got three hundred percent of them. <laughs> okay. uh, but uh, I'm playing uh, Delver as well in Pauper uh, XMX 16 land build and it's uh, performing quite good yeah, yeah. I Delver does I talked to XMX about some of his choices like bone splitters and cloudfin raptors and whatever and he vehemently defends those it's like I really hate bone splitters and cloudfin raptors in the deck and as you guys yeah. have probably seen yeah. from the, some of the results I've just cut them entirely yeah. I like the bone splitters a lot better than I like the raptors. <laughs> yeah, the raptors are just never any good. And I was talking to, I was talking to, him, I was like, "Hey, man, well, raptors just actually do nothing by themselves." And like, even if you have a bone splitter, it's not really that impressive. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think he feels that he definitely he needs another one drop, yeah. and uh, they are the best of many poor choices. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I just cut them. You know, it's like they just they never do anything for me. So. I cut him entirely. He still, you know, he still loves them. Like, like no I think score. I managed to get one to three, four is the max you can get it to. Yeah, in yeah. One of the matches, yeah. And then it was quite relevant, but yeah. yeah. But it's like you need so much to go right for you for that to be relevant. So yeah. they are so much better in tricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're a ton better in tricks. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I talked yeah. to them. He defended those. You know, I mean, Bone Splitter is like it's really only good in the mirror. Like it's it's actually very very good in the mirror, but other than that, it's actually not that good. And even sometimes in the mirror, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Yeah. Right. 
Well, so I don't speed know. Up the clock, shouldn't it? I guess the theory is you play, uh, you play, you play the uh, the those creatures early because the late game cloud fins aren't that good. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you, late, late, strictly cloud fin raptor late game is just nasty crap. It's not going to work worst. for you. Yeah, it's yeah. just not the nasty crap. It's not going to work for you at all. <laughs> so. You pick your poison. I mean, obviously, it, this deck works for him, and it works for a yeah. lot. Of, I mean, it works for a ton of different people. It just wasn't working for me, right? Yeah. I got tired of lo- I got tired of losing to Moldrifter decks. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play Exclude because Exclude is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I now play Exclude. Bears seem better than the Raptors, the Phantom Bears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's kind of thinking that uh, same way too. But the problem with the Bears is that you cannot equip Bone Splitter to them. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play the the one one flyer uh, fairy? Uh, yeah, when I was like on a budget and didn't want to buy yeah. a lot of fairies, but no, I think yeah. if you're gonna play that guy, you'd probably rather just play uh, the Sage of Epitier guy who lets you like pseudo ponder. Yeah, is he one mana? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah, one mana. He's man. just a one mana. Um... Is it yeah. Ponder? Is it? Is he look at the top three or it, top four? I can't. He see. just looks the top three or top four, but I don't think he actually draw him. No, no, you don't draw. Sounds horrible. Eh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, the whole purpose of your one job right there is to uh, to enable turn two ninja. Yeah. You know, like, but I think it, it, upping the fairy count isn't that? Yeah, that's, a good that's, thing. That's relevant too. I mean, yeah. I can see it. I can see it as a thing, but you know. The fairy's not really that much better than Cloudfin Raptor, uh, if you're doing that. Oh. Yeah. About it. So. Yeah, it is what it is. It's Delver. It's just simply Delver, and Delver does what Delver does. Just yeah, ticks people, just ticks people off. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, there you go. Helps the looks of course. <laughs> yeah, help the looks of get, get first. And and according to our history, when it comes to raging, just Delver brings the best out in everybody. It's just great. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. But uh, yeah. Oh, what I've been up to. I uh, we had a popper tournament for my we had a, my magic group did a holiday party this year, and basically it was uh, we did a popper we did a popper tournament at my house and then. Uh, like, after we were done, we did the Grey Elephant gift exchange with the game. And we picked our presents in, in, in order of placing. So whoever wanted, whoever whoever got last place picked their present first. And then uh, as you went up, as you went up on the, or went reversed on the placings, you chose your present, like, Treasure President and did that. And uh, I played Delver, ended up getting 8th place. I was using your list, Chris. Yeah? Wasn't working out for me at all. <laughs> when did you come up against that you ended up in 8th place? Uh, well, one of the decks... One of the decks is... The deck... Popper deck I hate the most. It's Shane, my buddy Shane's uh, Extort deck. Oh, yeah. I, I I just freaking hate that deck. Period. It, it it's strictly just a pain in the 
pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah, it can be hard to beat like yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So that then uh, my then my friend uh, my other friend he plays a straight a strictly edict deck. There's he plays Abyssal Gatekeeper in yeah. the deck. Yeah, he plays Abyssal Gatekeeper. So this card's ridiculous. It's a one drop one one that when it dies you force your opponent to discard a card. Or no, sacrifice a creature each a creature. Each player sacrifices a creature. Yeah, each player sacrifices a creature. So he plays this this thing, and then he just swings with it because you're not gonna when you when you have a board when you have a quick board state with Delver, you, you trust me, you're letting this creature go through. You're, you're never killing it yep. ever. <laughs> so yeah, that that happened. Then he had the, his deck plays just massive amounts of of edict effects. Yeah, and he does he he plays edict effects at for value, and then just. Corrupt wins. It's oh, ridiculous. Corrupt. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna blame it on your poor piloting skills that you lost to corrupt. <laughs> yeah. I, I never lose to corrupt. <laughs> I, I ended up in some bad games against him too. Like I had Delvers that, like, but when I played him too, I had Delvers that simply the de- my deck that my 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 top that my deck was basically like. Hey, guess what, Delver? You're not gonna flip this game. We're just not gonna. We're not gonna let it happen. Yeah, I don't have games like that. <laughs> so that, that's what happened during that matchup. Uh, I mean, those, those are both sounds like sound like pretty bad matchups, right? The extort matchup plays more like a white weenie type of ability. Yeah, that they can life gain you. Mm-hmm. And, and they have better removal than the uh, than white weenie. Yeah, yeah, and like mono black is they're gonna be tough if they have if they're you know mono removal. Yeah, you can't, you can't counter all the removal. Yeah. So, but it, it's it, it, all in all, it wasn't like a a serious serious tournament because it was a holiday party and everyone was walking away at the gift anyway, so it really didn't matter. Yeah. So did that, and then uh, we played EDH to like after the tournament was over, we played EDH to like two o'clock in the morning, and uh, I ended up taking two EDH decks apart and got my new EDH deck built. I'm playing Mishra the Artifact Artificial Artifact Prodigy now. Because that he yeah, is a cool general. Well and I there's there'll probably be some listeners out there familiar with EDH that are saying, why would you use Mishra? Mishra for starters, Mishra is an EDH is a legendary creature that without the right cards is just a bad legendary creature. It doesn't do anything besides be a body in Grix. But, okay, Mishra Legendary, Mishra the Legendary Creature, basically what he is is he's a creature, he's a 3-4 or whatever, and whenever you play an artifact, you need to search your library for another art- artifact, uh, another copy of the same artifact, and put that from your library into play. Well, everyone, yeah, so yeah, EDH bad because you only have one of each artifact in the deck anyway. With Possibility Storm, it's stupid broken. Because Possibility Storm is a 5-drop card that uh, whenever you play a spell, you reveal the top of your library until you hit a card that copies, that is a... Like, say, so if I play an artifact, I have to reveal until I hit another artifact and play that artifact instead. But with Mishra in play, it's... And you, you play that artifact instead, and you put the previous artifact that you did cast on the bottom of your library. 
what Mishra does with Possibility Storm is it uh the the spell is still counting as the artifact that you cast, and it's just it's just uh, going to reveal the next artifact and playing it, and uh, you're still copying. It's still it's still being considered a copy of the artifact that you cast. So you end up being able to take that artifact that you just put on the bottom of the graveyard, and you get to search it out and put it into play for free anyway. You're two for wanting every single artifact you play in the deck. Wow, that was really long and drawn out. Yeah. But it's really, really stupid the way it works, because when you're playing this deck, everyone else you play an EDH with can't do nothing. Because every spell they play, they are literally top-decking answer. They're literally top-decking their entire deck. Because they, if they want to play a counter spell, they're hoping that they can... Possibility storm into another counter spell, and you're playing an artifact deck where you're like, "What do I care? I'm just going to get another artifact, and I'm going to get my other artifact back." It's really, really stupid. <laughs> it's really, really fun deck to play. So I'm playing that, but yeah, so I got that deck done. I was building that one. It's fun, but uh, other than that, I haven't been. Other than that, I haven't. I've been te- I've been testing Delver Blue too because uh, I'm getting ready to do, I'm getting ready for the the Popper Power Tournament in February and they've announced the prize support now and all that and it's going to be a uh, unlimited Mox Pearl. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting ready for that because I'm probably going to play Delver Blue. I I, I don't I, I don't I I been thinking about mono black control now, but I I, I I I still know that's capable of drawing a stupid opening hand that you can't do anything with. So I think I'm just gonna stick to my guns and just play Delver because Delver says no to everything. Yep. So Delver's always good. Go down the safe route. Always good. If you look yeah. at premiere events too, you'll see that uh, mono black control is not really getting up in the top eights no. recently. It's just not showing up there. I Why think, not? I'm not entirely sure. I think everyone just know it. Everyone just... I think when Delver when it first came in, when Mono Black first came in, it was, uh, it was crushing because, wow, this deck actually works now. But I think like every deck in the metagame, like if you play it against it enough, you start realizing what you can use. Realizing and sideboarding properly to actually deal with the deck. Yeah. Over time. So this, Over. this weekend, yeah. I'm seeing one mono black in the top eight that yeah. I can find, and that yeah. was piloted by uh, J Siri. So you know, obviously, a very uh, very talented pilot. So yeah. Um, yeah. Other than it's that, just... I, I guess a Sneak Attack showed up in tenth place somewhere. So. Yeah, it's amazing that all the premieres fired. It's awful, I don't, right? I don't think the no. I think the the. Uh, the but there are four results. Yeah, there should be five premier events, though. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the Wait, um the, what, the eleven the eleven thirty p.m. Uh, date uh, premiere event didn't fire. I was almost firing, and like oh. I was there. It was at like thirty one people. I was up at night. I was like. Man, I could join this and like actually get this event to fire. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna play for six hours. 
Right. Start here at eleven thirty at night. It's not, that's yeah. not a wise idea. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that one fired. I think the, all the other ones fired though. Uh, yep. that's uh, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. The only bit of news that I've found this week though is, uh, and it's really, it's, it's not on that. Those who use MTG Deck Builder, you ever you familiar with that website? Yeah. I use MTG Deck Builder. That that's where I that's where I do all my deck brainstorming when I'm when I'm have time to do so. I do a lot of deck brainstorming on there. They redid their website. They had, like they massively redid the whole thing. Why? Uh, what's the point of using the site instead of just using Magic Online? Well, it's I don't know. It, it it's just I don't know. I, I just use it. I just use it when I'm building EDH decks and stuff because I don't play EDH to EDH online. So I'm, when I'm planning and building my EDH decks, I put them on there because then when I make changes, I don't have to take my deck apart to decide what to s- swap out. I can just look at a list. Uh, so that's what I use it mainly for. But uh, mtgdeckbuilder.net, they uh, redid their website. And in the process of redoing their website, they went through everybody's profile and deleted everybody's deck lists. <laughs> So if you had a deck list on MTG Deck Builder that you, was partially built and you were still gathering the cards for it, I sure hope everyone. I, I sure hope you have a backup because you lost it. Oh my god! I was so ticked off because I had a, I had a list on there that I was in the process of building, and I found the list on an article online, and now I can't find the article again. Yeah, so it's like it, it's literally like every single deck I had on MTG deck builder. It's like they just wiped all of them out and just deleted all of them. I was so mad because it takes a little bit of time to like when you have decks on there. It takes a little bit of time to actually put the whole thing on and save it. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, this is great. This is like three hours of my life wasted. Now I gotta go through all of my decks again and do the same stupid thing again. So, luckily, uh, I have tappedout.net and I use that site too. So I can I can copy paste some of them. But if I had decks at all my in the work decks, yeah. Now yeah. somehow I gotta now somehow I gotta remember what decks are what cards are in those decks. I'm just really glad uh, Moto never catastrophically fails like that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely but, yeah. not in the middle of long from your events or PTQs or anything like that. It never catastrophically fails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, that's the only thing I, that's really news. I, I know looking at the forums, I, I looked it up and there was, a, there, was quite a few, there was quite a few players that had not so nice words with MTG Deck Builder. About that, <laughs> it's a free website. You can't complain when. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a free website. It really whatever. Sucks. Like it's yeah. Uh, it's kind of disappointing, but yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, that's all I really found in news. Uh, I guess what is the what is our uh, our spoiler count? Well, for fifty nine. Fifty nine of one hundred and sixty five. I think we have so. two commons spoiled. Yeah. Two popper cards, wow. the Sun Guide, the Resco Sun Guide, and the Nyxborn Shieldmate. I think Nyx- that's what we have. Yeah, just looks like both white two, mini cards. Two crappy white cards. 
Yeah, two, yeah, just two white cards. So, nothing there yet. We do have that coming up. We will be doing a, a set review soon. So, yeah. I'm really prepared. interested in set, though, because uh, yeah. it's going to shake up my block constructed. Yeah. Prepare. Mesham uh, look felt like a common, but it's an uncommon. Yeah. But I assume that the tribute cards will be about that. Uh, oh, wait, no, we have, like yeah, we, have, we have three commons. We also have the uh, the giant, the Ferragrax giant. He's oh, like, yeah. So, we have that. Five, five. Yeah, so, we have that. Like, yeah, we're going to be doing, we'll be doing a set review, so we have that coming up when everything. I, I think, week, right? Yeah, as soon as the whole, yeah, I, I, ideally I like doing the pre, the set, re, set reviews the very week of it dropping, so it's yeah. not old news. Uh, so, yeah. But it will be fully spoiled by next episode. Yeah, it should be. So, yeah, so potentially next episode we will be doing a set review, so it should be fun. Chris Plummer, you need to join us. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Indeed. So, there's that. Um, what do we have? For articles this week, we have a few here. We have improving... To, uh, did I submit this one? I put that in there. Okay, you did. Explain yeah. it. David Schaffer writes about uh, some interesting uh, card choices in the eight mans of uh, decks that have been listed there and uh, how those decks could be improved. And it's uh, it's quite a good read about making the optimal choices in your card selection. Yeah. And then uh, we have this article I found by Jason Moore on blackborder.com, which is a website I just happened to come across, not really even... Just happened to come across it. And it, it it's uh, basically goes over a whole bunch of different decks like he general information on you on uh different mo- uh, different popper decks and card choices and all that so it's it has a lot of graphs and and information and stuff pretty good pretty good article an in-depth article talking about those decks and card choices for each of those decks and stuff yeah and of too yeah. So. Here. All right. But yeah, it's pretty decent yeah. article. Um. Yeah. Like, J- I like Jason Moore. I like his articles. His, his articles are pretty good. I mean, he goes in depth pretty, pretty well on on his stuff. He doesn't leave it leave anything really open ended. It's you know about whatever the subject matter is by the by the time you read the whole article, you just you, you get all the information on it. So. And then he's got uh, Maddie's article here. Maddie did an article on uh, MTG or Commander as it applies to MTGO, and it just goes key cards in uh, in Commander. Like every format has its cards that you just if you're playing the format you just play these. Well, what he goes over in this article is what those cards are online. And uh, also the pros and cons of online commander, like why, like stuff that's good and stuff that's bad about it, because there are some bad stuff. Like there's, you don't really get the friend, like the appeal of online commander isn't that great. 
because unless you 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 know who you're playing with, it really is not a casual sort of you know hey I'm hanging out with my friends playing Commander. It's more of a it's not really interactive the way what the way Commander normally is when you're playing it in paper on paper. I've never so. played paper Commander, so I, I sat yeah. down uh, a year ago maybe and tried some online commander and three days later I left the keyboard and said ah oh, this sucks yeah <laughs> but well, I was pretty sucked in while I yeah played it. yeah I mean that's like and I I obviously I played commander every week with my friends on you know in person and uh, it's it is a different experience I can see where Maddie though Mary wrote the circle the way the way he did because uh when you're playing, it's it's a group of friends. It's your say your group of friends, and everyone that had and your your group has that. You, that there you you build your own meta within your group, and it's just it's a lot more fun because you're just hanging around a bunch of your friends and playing magic, and everyone's just having a good time. I mean, you do end up with that one person in your group that might take personal offense to getting their stuff blown up and all that stuff. But for the most part, it's just... Basically, it's a bunch of friends getting together and trying to one-up each other. It's like that a lot of one-up. to be the point of Commander. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a lot more fun in person because you're hanging out with your friends and it's not really a... Uh, not worth raging over. You're just hanging out. Uh, what... What scares me with multiplayer magic overall is that it's so much diplomacy. It's just all. Oh politics. yeah, it is. It is. It's heavily into politics. Yeah. But I mean, it's just. I think for for like in my situation with my group of friends, it's more of an excuse for us to just hang out than yeah. anything. We used to play a, a multiplayer uh, version where. Uh, it was called Pentagram. Yeah. And you had to play monocolor decks and you had to be five players. So there was yeah. one person playing blue, white, red, etc. Yeah. And you won when your two enemy colors were dead. Oh, that'd be cool. So that, that would open some interesting diplomacy. Yeah. <laughs> but it sort of limited the diplomacy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, it was a good article. And, and Maddie's also one of the people, is, is, the, is our uh, forum master, so. I bring his article up. Do you know the game uh, Diplomacy? The board game? Yeah. I uh, played... Uh, I was the highest ranked player in uh, Northern Europe <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And I, I played uh, World Championships, etc. And I just kick into Diplomacy mode when I play Multiplayer Magic. Yeah. So <laughs> it says... <laughs> and that just brings up old, like, stomach problems and <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just the whole group group mechanic just hanging out, so it's it's, it's cool. But uh, then we have uh, Chris 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 your article you did Affinity. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you had fun. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it can be really broken, but uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of like sometimes it's just too slow to beat. Like uh, well, Familiar Storm in particular was one that I that yeah. Me. Uh, spoilers, Familiar Storm beat me because they're assholes. Uh, <laughs> can, can you tell me why so many people in the premiere chose to play without uh, Perilous Research? No, I can't tell you at all. Like, Perilous Re Research is what really makes the deck consistent. It makes it, you know... Yeah. Because, like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the times, um, 
you know, Galvanic Blast, for example, is the is the one real way that we have to interact with opponents. And yeah. you can't always draw a Galvanic Blast, even if it's a 4F. But sometimes you need to, right? And that's what... I think that's really what Perilous Research does, is it lets you draw into the cards you need. Uh, kind of the same way that, like, Delver has Ponder, right? I mean, you're, with Perilous Research, you're ideally digging three cards deep. And yeah. those, those are cards that go in You don't have to put any back. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to put any back, and all your stuff is cost pretty much free, so... Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I can't tell you why people aren't doing it. Yeah, some obviously, of the decks look like they are out of 2009. <laughs> it's obviously working for them, though, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really like Perilous Research. I like... I, I, am, I like... I'm going to have to agree with you. I like the Affinity Perilous Research build better than the regular Affinity deck, just because you get to go that much deeper in your deck and dump that much more crap. Yeah, it's... <laughs> you see it, um... You pretty consistently, before turn 10, have gone through half your deck. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. quite amazing. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Just being able to do that. But and, like if you guys have ever played Tron, Tron does the same type of thing where it just it mm-hmm. goes through so, a ton of its deck. Yeah. And that just makes it to where like you're you have a game plan and your game plan is going to overwhelm them. You're not gonna flood out, right? I mean you can flood out, but yeah. you're likely yeah. not gonna flood out. You're likely gonna draw all of your stuff and if and if that uh, if your opponent floods or stumbles at all, you know, misses land drops or yeah. just in general stumbles, you're just going to crush them because your deck is consistently, you know, drawing half of its deck. Yeah. yeah in- including your Shannon Fireball kill combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thing I like about the Atog combo, it's always, it's, it's, it's just always your last resort, last resort win. <laughs> I don't know. With this deck, yeah. it's almost like my first resort win. I'm always that- going, oh yeah, I'm always going for the combo. Uh, and it's so easy to assemble with all the Kodro. Yeah. Yeah. That and the Tog, it, it, the tog helps because it draws out the removal because it, it, it pretty much, like, ideally, you're, the Tog becomes a lightning rod for any removal because they're going to go after it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can safely go in with the four fours because the Tog is, they're going to be. Reserving removal for a tog. Yep. So that's pretty cool. So and then you can just you can always just fling a four four if they're four life. Huh? Yeah. Worst so, case scenario. That's really sweet. Yeah. But yeah, this Finny Finny's awesome. And then uh, our last this one is by standard popper players blogspot. Uh, we talked last week about that. Bad choice card, razor tip whip, and uh, on standard popper players, there is an article here that they are actually defending the card and saying it's just how the article explains how the uh, how in standard popper the the formats. Solving, solving, solving the problem, the the problems that you might have against certain decks. How they just resolve themselves with the razor chip whip, and uh, razor chip whip is actually pseudo effective in more than just one deck. The Demir deck can't do anything. The Demir mill deck is actually stopped by razor chip whip too. Yeah, because it has no mill effects really. So yep, it takes yep. forever to win. Uh huh. 
And uh, ideally, when they're trying to crypt incursion, if you're using Razor Tip, you can control their crypt incursion. Yeah. Because don't play a creature, just play Razor Tip with uh, win. <laughs> uh huh. So and the 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 guy who wrote the article also wrote that he he's a Demir player, and he said even playing the Demir deck and making it so you can answer Razor Tip Whip. It still doesn't work because you have to spread your spread the Demir deck so thin just to play those card play the card to get rid of the whip. So it's just it's 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 really effective against uh, both those decks, the black deck and the Demir deck. So that's a pretty interesting article. Uh, but yeah, great site overall. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great site. So. They had that article, and that's pretty much all I found for articles. But yeah, you guys can check that out in the notes. Um, but yeah, got into the metagame. We got a pop-up premiere event, and the Perilous Affinity. Yeah, and I found the first one. I found the one on the 13th. So uh, I found the one on the 13th here. Okay, well, didn't we cover that last time? No. Uh, I don't, know. I don't think we ever this one. I think we did. But yeah, no, this is a... No, we covered that one that was the non... It was a non-perilous... It was a non-perilous affinity win. This one we had a per, This one was a perilous affinity win. Sweet. So, perilous affinity got first place on this one. And Sneak Attack Games got second on this one. Yeah, so. one of the last weekend. Yeah. Well, do you have any more results from the other premieres? Yeah, so uh, this Sorry. weekend we had... Uh, Perilous Affinity won one, uh, placing in second Bellamer. though. In yeah. second place on the one with Perilous Affinity is uh, Midnight Presence deck. Got second place at a premiere event. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Midnight Sisters from uh, from the Poppy Gauntlet. Yep. <laughs> Almost exactly. Piloted by a guy named uh, CD Bones. I'm just going to cover yeah, first, first to and him. second. Um, yeah, I'm just going to cover first and second because I cover okay, these on uh, on uh, CPC on Friday in more detail. Which okay. You guys listen to the most recent CPC. We went over the premiere events pretty detailed. Yeah, yeah it was a great show, actually. Thank you. I love um, it. Uh, so, yeah, first and second there was Perilous Affinity and <laughs> Soul Sisters. Well, I mean, Midnight Presence Soul Sisters thing deck. Mm-hmm. Alright, so the next premiere event we have uh, in first place, we have Delver running uh, a list that's pretty much exactly like mine, except he's running one quicksand in the main and a quicksand in the side in place of serrated arrows. So okay. that was uh, basically my Delver list. And in second place, we have Tron. So the, yeah. ne- the next premiere event, we have White Weenie, piloted by Andre S. And in second place, we have another... This is a non-Perilous Affinity. Yeah. Here by Johan. Yeah, Eden. this is a Swedish player I talked a bit to, and uh, he has been on Affinity for a year. So yeah. he's very experienced with the deck, but uh, yeah. I can't tell you why he's not playing Perilous Research. Maybe he's not... Maybe this is his old list. Yeah, it could be. But he's playing Flare Husk and Prophetic Prisms instead. So... Yeah, he, yeah he was down to one fling for a while, but 
as backup. No, I think you know, in, in my playing experience, you really need the fling. Like that's and two of them. You, like yeah, if yeah. you're going through half of your deck, you're probably going to see a fling before you. Well, I mean, this guy is not going through half of his deck, so he definitely wants the second fling. But yeah, yes. I think anybody running one fling is probably not doing it right. No. Uh, so, yeah, there's that first and second there. And then the final premiere event that I saw was, uh, first place was Deluxekoff, who was running White Weenie. Kind of surprised about these White Weenie decks making it this far, because, like, White Weenie just straight up loses to Tron. Like, it yeah. actually just can't beat Tron at all. So, and Tron seems can't to be... Can't they? If Tron stumbles, surely they can uh, win? Uh, it's just, it's so unlikely that Tron stumbles like that. Like, Tron would need to have runner-runner games of, you know, not drawing lands, basically. Because when I was playing Tron a lot, um, anytime I came up against White Weenie, it was like, Tron, that was like one of the, the primary reasons to play Tron, was that it had such a good White Weenie and mono-black control matchup. That, yeah. like, both those matchups were just almost 100% win factors. For you, cause this is, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say that this is such a typical Deluxecoif uh, brew. It's just, this is a deck that beats Delver and Aggro decks and uh, loses horribly to control. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was it was kind of like, I played him in the Swiss when he played this round too, and he, uh, I, I will not say that he didn't play well, but he top-ticked very well. <laughs> like, every time it seemed like I had control of the game, he top deck the exact right card that he needed to beat me again. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. it looks like his list should be quite favored against Delver, right? Yeah, yeah it was... It's not any, really any more favored than a standard White Weenie list. It's actually probably a little bit less favored as he's running Vault Scourges. He has more uh, flyers. Yeah, he's got a bit more flyers, and you know, if he can land a Bone Splitter, then all of his flyers are really effective. But Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's what he he did one time where it was like, okay, well, as long as he doesn't top deck a bone splitter, I'm fine. Shit, he top decked a bone splitter. Chris, I <laughs> that part out. Um, There's 20 flyers. Yeah. I was like, alright, well, you know what? As long as his next card is not a squadron hawk, I can actually tempo him out, no problem. Top decks a squadron hawk. Crap. <laughs> uh, I was like, any other flyer there would have worked fine, but he top decked a squadron hawk, so I lost. Um... Uh, it's like playing duels of planeswalkers. Yeah. And <laughs> in second place here we have uh, Saptox, who was running a blue-red control deck. And he's been running this deck quite a bit. I've, I've ran into him a few times in the Eight Mans, and uh, I think once in a premiere event. It's a uh, it's just a blue-red control deck. It runs. It looks pretty similar to like uh, Is It Post, but it's a little bit more concentrated since you don't have the the uh, post lands anymore. Yeah. And you run Delver of Secrets in the main, which is sort of an interesting choice, but you kind of need that early pressure to beat uh, familiars. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise they'll just come. Troll, I imagine. Yeah. You have to have the Delvers as well. I don't know. I, I, but I you, need, played, you need I a clock played. against Tron because Tron will overwhelm you. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, so yeah, I, have, I haven't played this list personally a whole. I mean, I've tested with it a little bit, but. I haven't done any extensive testing with it, but it seems like it's a really good matchup. And it kind of sucks, too, because um, David was in the top eight of this event with his Azorius Kitty at the list, and he came up against Saptox with Azorius Kitty. And if you're looking at this list, you can tell that 
uh, it's just going to be pretty much impossible for David to beat this guy. Yeah. Through all through all the counter magic and then the removal that just uh, that David came, David could never get any footing against him. Yeah. Yeah, let's go in second here. And that covers all our premier events in first, okay. first and second places. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to everybody who made top eight this weekend, though. It's not easy. It's a very taxing thing. Uh, you know, David was kind of upset when he made top eight, and it's like he made top eight, but he only won. Uh, he was only up by like six packs. So, yeah. Like How much? Pre- yeah. How much are those premier events? Ten uh, tickets. Ten tickets. Ten tickets. Okay. Ten tickets to enter, and the payouts are... I'm not really sure what the payouts are without finding the the links of stuff that I don't want to find. They're, they're a good value if you are uh, just firing. If you're like 33 players, they're very good values. Better than the dailies, I think. Yeah. At least on the same level. But as soon, every player after that reduces the value significantly. Yeah. It's a... And at six, four players, it's uh, horrible. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a time commitment. Yeah. <laughs> The time commitment is the thing, right? Because you're going to spend... Uh, I, I think when I played the one this weekend, I, I spent five hours to break even, right? Cause yeah. I was, I was top 16. I only got uh, three packs for top 16. We sold for about 10 tickets. So Yeah. But hey, so. I mean, that's that's okay, right? If I can spend that amount of time and break even, that's okay, too. Because I get to play yeah. better of Bobber, which I like. and mm-hmm. It was a good time. Yeah. I'm so happy to see four of them fire. Because two weeks ago it looked like Popper was dying, and now we're quite far from that. Yeah, well, the Poppers are fire, the Premier are firing, so uh, that's good because that means our our format will our format will continue, and we have something to talk about. Thank God. And when we come to the <laughs> finance section, you see that this has affected the Popper card values. A lot. Yeah, that's good. Um. Then uh, for other results, we have the standard popper results on uh, for of MP at MPDC, and uh, the this event was really cool because it had a variety of decks. It just wasn't a few decks; it was a lot of different decks. Uh, we have some red deck wins in first place on this event. We have um, on a white deck. We've got Black Devotion. We've got Blue Red Control. We've got a uh, Hag Green White. Green White is it Green White Blue? Yeah, Bantax Proof. And then I don't know why, but people won't let the gates die. So we got a Bug Defender deck. <laughs> I think it's a gate deck. No, it's not a gate. Yeah. It, it runs gatekeepers. The gate they just won't let gatekeepers die. Yeah. They're still playing stupid things. I'm gonna play this deck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too upset to put this deck and play it. It's amazing how varied the meta game is. Yeah. Um, wow. What a deck. Yeah. But it's uh, canonicals. I love it. I find this funny how uh, how like, like Flicker Gate was amazing when it was there here, right? But uh, they they take Ghost and Flicker away, and there's just some people who are like, we can make it work, we're not going to give up. <laughs> and this guy made it to sixth place. Yeah, so. and he made it sixth place with yeah. it, so congrats to you. <laughs> yeah. Just won't let it die, period. It's like, nope, I'm going to play it, don't care. <laughs> um, then we have uh, a mono red deck, Seeing Red. So, red aggro. 
This is pretty much eight different decks. There was some yeah. similarity between number one and seven. Uh-huh. And then we have Big B's Celestia Aggro. It's just a green-white aggro, a green-white aggro deck. So, yeah, I thought this one was pretty cool, just the fact that it was so diverse. And this is standard poker with its smallest possible card pool. Yeah. Only one set in the second block. And it's amazing. Yeah. Quite impressive. So. I think that this is probably where the most diverse you're going to see the meta, because... As more of the gods comes out, there's going to be uh, more filling of the card pool, and people are going to start to figure out the format a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So. I played the early Theros format in Standard Popper, and then I sort of gave up the Peris for a while. But I thought, well, this is sold, and <laughs> absolutely was not. Yeah. So... But yeah, that's standard popper is actually I, I don't want to say it's becoming a complete thing, but it, it's getting somewhere. There's there's a lot of people playing it now, so who knows? Cool. We might give this keeps up, we might end up seeing something Wizards actually doing something. Who knows? Uh time will tell, I guess. But uh that leads us to topic one. We have that red deck that was in the in the list. Or that list. Uh, I was having Jay Bushinger from uh, Fatal Flaw. I was taught he sent me a Facebook message. Just kind of had a Facebook conversation with him. And at the time, I was looking for a topic one. And when when Jay sent this to me, I'm like, "Thank." I, I remember. I remember. I, I responded to it with, "Hey, thanks, Jay. I got a topic one now. That's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> um, he is he is traditional. I'll just read what the, the one of the converse, some of the conversation we had. He got sent this deck list to me. Uh, looking for some help. Our playgroup is hosting our first popper tournament. I have a I have been running mono black, but need a break. So here's what I'm thinking. So this is kind of a deck that he uh, kind of was thinking of building. And he was just looking for advice on it and stuff and how to what how to you know. Thought you know, make it better if it's good enough or whatever. So uh, the others go through the deck list here quick. It's three weapon surges, three dino charge, four lightning bolt because I mean we're playing mono red, so yeah, there's going to be lightning bolt. Uh, four foundry street denizens, four gorehouse chainwalkers, four croon strikers, four blood crazed neonates, four thatcher revolts, four two headed cerberuses. Four brimstone volley and twenty two twenty two land twenty two lands and he thinks that seems to be a lot. His goal with this deck, he says, the goal is abuse foundry street denizen and croon striker, drop cheap creatures, hope to swing after Thatcher's revolt, maybe luck out and overload surge or charge after a revolt. Alright. So, so what do you th- what do you guys think? First, there is a lot of non-creatures in the deck for yeah. a deck that's supposed to abuse Kruin Striker and Foundry Street Denison. Yeah. So my thir- my first thought is, uh, why are we going with humans here? Why are- goblins are almost strictly better here? You've got a lot of synergy with goblins. Yeah. So I think if you want to abuse Kruin Kru- Striker, his effect, stick him in a goblins deck. We, you know, David linked it here at the end. We've got this... Um, you know, uh, David Schaffer built a combo, what he called combo goblins list. Where he's strictly, he is, that's what he built the deck around, was abusing Kroon Striker and Foundry Street Denison. 
and he uses things like Dragon Spotter and Grinko's commands to optimize that instead of the Thatcher Revolt. Yeah. Right. Thatcher Revolt is uh, almost... It's not worse. It, it's it's different, but um, I think it's kind of uh, less optimal than just running Krinko's command or uh, Dragon. Yeah, Spotter another thing is that if you drop the if you get rid of the tree drops, you can uh, drop some lands and yeah, yeah, increase your creature count. Yep. The second thing you want to think is if you're going to have a Dyna charge and weapon surge types effects, you can't have you can't let your opponent have a lot of blockers, right? Cause yeah, other, it's just not that effective. Mm-hmm. Um. And if you want your opponent to not have any blockers, then you need to put more burn in the deck so you can remove blockers. Yeah. So I would think your first big cut that you're going to do with the deck is just kill the weapon surges, right? Dynamic charge is almost always better yeah. in the situations that you want it in. So Dynamic charge for sure. Blood craze neonate. I just looked it up on gatherer, and I'm not sure why we're playing this in popper. Yeah. Like maybe maybe if we're playing standard popper, is this? But this is not standard popper. So. Yeah. Um, no, I think Blood Crater is new. You just cut it. Two-headed Cerberus just not good enough. If you're two-headed Cerberus, I could see if you were trying to like go for like the pump route, like the cute pump routes, like with Titan, Titan Strength or Brute yeah. Force. But otherwise, two-headed Cerberus is just awful here. It's just hitting for two. Yeah. Uh, Brimstone Volley, I think, is just too expensive for these types of decks. It's uh, yep. if you're running Brimstone Volley, then yeah, you do want a higher lane count than what you than uh, normal decks. But I would go down to you know typical aggro deck wants 17 or 18 lanes. Sometimes 19 if you're a really greedy aggro deck, if you're really uh, confident. Yeah. But yeah, you want to minimize your lands. Make sure that you have a very dense draw. Yeah, I guess in my experiences with most of these uh, these these combo and aggro decks like this, I usually go down to seventeen land all the time. Like I'll go to like I'll go down to seventeen and actually only go with throw I I I'll go with three cycle lands and just throw the rest just basic lands because ideally most of the time when I'm playing decks that are just straight up aggro or straight up tempo-ish and stuff like that I'm finding that my deck's based around one and two drops anyway so ideally I can get away with it. can't have too man. many two drops with 17 lands. Yeah, I suppose but I mean, ideally you're pretty safe your pretty safe bet is like two to three lands and you're fine for the rest of the game in most cases so I like I I've always I always like abusing the cycle the cycling lands just because you can they're they're great late game you can draw cards in in colors that don't normally allow you to give any card advantage or draw so that's generally what I like to do yeah so what I'm getting on here basically ultimately is uh, just go to the article we're going to link in the show notes here with uh, David's yes podcast on building combo goblins and. Start off with that list, right? You get a lot more synergies with God. Oh, yeah, you do. And you still get to abuse the Foundry Genesis and the Kroon Striker that you want to abuse. And yeah. the deck has some really insane explosive draws. David can occasionally win on turn three with his deck. I'm yeah. not exactly sure how he does it, but I know he can. Having uh, totally... eight two twos uh, for one mana is uh, a great thing as well. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. Bushwalkers and the Mog War Marshals. Yeah. yeah. They're just, they're all value. Every single one of those creatures are value. 
You get to yes. abuse Deathspark, which, you know, I have a I have a love affair with Deathspark. It's one of my favorite cards in Popper. I have a great <laughs> I I have the exact opposite. I have a burning hatred for that card. Oh, like man. like if it like uh I would love to like take a take a computer virus to every single one of those cards. Uh, when I did get my worst nationals result, uh, I played four Deathsparks. <laughs> or uh, maybe not four, but uh, I played Deathspark. Card is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> I, I think it's awesome too. I love it. It's demotivating. <laughs> so awesome. And a spark actually means a kick in Swedish. So there was a lot of stupid Swedish jokes you could make about Deathsparks. <laughs> so. But yeah, um, this uh, pretty good list. I, this looks like a good place to start. Yep. Granted, if you're looking for like, and, and I think uh, when it comes to Jay, obviously playing Paper Pop, right? Uh, your Smash to Smithereens is a three dollar card in paper. Ha. Uh, looking at the list from the paper point of view, a lot of these are you know your straight, your commons and whatnot. Gorilla but. Is it expensive? In Gorilla Shaman. I'm not familiar with that one off the top of off the top, but Smash to Smithereens is a three dollar card. Yeah, it's, it's been going card. up lately as well on, in, online. So. Yeah, well, the Smash to Smithereens. The reason why this card is going up is because it is your answer to Modern Affinity. Because you can actually destroy a creature and deal damage. So. Gorilla Shaman is $5. Okay. Oh, actually, wow. No, Sweet, wait. I think I have a pile from 97 or something. Uh, like no, if you're going for the, uh, the Alliance's Gorilla Shaman, is 25 That's cents. That's the one I have. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, th that's oh. the Alliance's Gorilla Shaman. Then I suggest Gorilla Shaman instead of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gorilla Shaman is actually really cheap. That that was like a misprinted Gorilla Shaman or something. Yeah. Another thing to note when it comes to paper is your your artifact lands are all like two dollar lands. Okay. They're all two dollar. They're all two dollar. They will be really cheap in two weeks online. So get them done. Yeah. So. But yeah. So yeah. There's your answer, Jay. Pretty good list to start with. Um, and that brings us to finance, Dan. finance, 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 finance. finance. Uh -huh. uh, if you look uh, on goldfish on uh, unearth, uh, you will see that uh, at the effect of the flashback drafts, the unearth uh, diagram on goldfish is pretty telling what happens when there are flashback drafts. Uh, two days from now. We will uh, flashback draft Sandicar World Wake, which is irrelevant for Popper, but it's very, very good for the Fetchlands. So if you're into modern, sell your Fetchlands, buy them again in, uh, in a week, and uh, it's instant profit. Uh, then we're drafting Mirrodin Block, so everything from Mirrodin Block, uh, especially Serum Visions, will drop. Uh, uh, it's the Mirrodin cards are actually already dropping. And then there will be invasion drafts, which, um, and actually the best example of uh, a flashback draft card and the effect is uh, prohibit in June 2012 could be bought for 24 cents uh, when the last invasion flashback drafts were. 
And then four months later, it was $3. So um, Prohibit is a great example of a card. It, it, it will actually probably go below $0.24 cents this time. And I think it's a great time to pick up a lot of the staples from uh, Mirrodin Block and from Invasion Block. Hmm. I don't have that card yet online. I need to get it. <laughs> yeah, get all the playsets you need from those two blocks in the coming weeks. And as I said before, the right time to buy uh, the cards. It's actually getting earlier and earlier, but it's the last day right when the flashback draft finishes. And a window of two or three days after that. Uh, I used to say the weekend, but the weekend might be too late. Yeah. To, if you want to hit the absolute bottom, but of course it's there. An Earth is probably still a good buy, and it's gone up four hundred percent since last week when yeah. I told you to buy an Earth. <laughs> um, there's this is also uh, we're getting close to the time to get out of RTR block. So yeah. if you're into finance only and don't want playsets for RTR block, you should sell everything before March the ninth. Uh, and you can probably start selling now. Because standard PTQ season is earlier than uh, it's ever been. Uh, it's right now. And standard PTQ season isn't happening online. Uh, and after March 9th, uh, standard PTQ season ends. And Return to Ravnica will just... The values will just die. And if you have not experienced uh, standard rotation for card values, it's uh, a horrible value killer. It's the worst. Yeah. And uh, cards like uh, Nightfall Spectre will be five cents again in, uh, in November this year. Yeah. So that's finance. Thank you. And we got Rage of the Week, Chris. Go for it. Oh, Rage of the Week. Rage of the Week. So the first one I saw, I don't remember a guy I follow on Twitter or somebody retweeted this, but... Uh, Somebody, I think it's in a new player draft, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that's that's uh, even worse. Yeah, I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a new player draft. That Rage is in a new player draft. Yep. Yeah. Uh, guy named right. uh, Pearsall's blog. Pearsall's blog? Sorry, I'm butchering that. And uh, he says, this is what I'm dealing with in a new player draft. For real, this guy deserves a backhand. And in the chat log, we have... Uh, uh, a guy named Scorpion35 who's your shout out Scorpion35 ah ha 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 F-U-U as in F-U-U new idiot and Pearsall's replies actually I'm a skilled enough player, magic player to beat people who win GPs and PTQs with homebrews on paper just new to MTGO how about you reply from Scorpion you noob idiot forest two nine turns you no kill me stupid kid <laughs> alright and Pearsall's replies all right, bro, whatever, but can we please move on the game? Scorpion replies, no, idiot. Uh, Pearsall's replies, pointing out, you won't be able to time me out. It's your clock. It turns on your clock, not mine. Scorpion replies, 23 men, no, win, you. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds a bit like all your base are belong to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. 23 minutes, no, win, you. Yeah. yeah. So Scorpion thirty five, you are a complete idiot, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you need help. Yes, next, you do. The next race of the week comes from uh, Shamanic Green, who's I've talked with him a little bit online. He's another one of my fellow uh Theros block players. And I don't know where he was going to uh like where this occurs exactly, but 
he uh, posted on Twitter, he said, yeah, he raged a little bit in game, but then the real gem came afterwards. This is a private message <laughs> from Lord underscore Airy. And I think I've actually featured him on Rage of the Week before, Lord Airy. Yeah. Uh, so Lord Airy's private message is him, just die. <laughs> Out of the blue. So Shamanic Green replies, uh, wow, over a game. Uh, Lord Airy's reply is, bastard, STFU. Oh, wow! Jeez! Shamanic replies, you have some serious anger issues. And then Moto says, Lord Airy is not available to chat with you. So Lord Airy blocked him? Yes. <laughs> so he sent a private message with just die and then he blocked him. Okay. Yeah. Bastard well, STFU blocked. Wow. You need to find yourself an anger management expert and take care of that problem there, bud. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I'm like 90% certain that I featured, that we featured Lord Airy on this segment before, so. Yeah, this guy is obviously an issue, and if you guys are playing with him or encounter him ever in drafts or constructed events, then, you know, report him, because this is starting to get yeah, non-physical. You don't send personal messages like that to people. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, it might look innocent, but it, this could really, really hurt someone. Yeah, yeah, uh, it definitely could, and especially with just you know something like that, like just die, right? It's yeah. We covered this a little bit last week about how, um, or was it the week before, about how you don't know what kind of situation your opponents are in, right? Maybe they're coming to MTGO for an outlet. Maybe they're you know, seriously contemplating that, and they just want to play a game before they before they go and do anything serious. And, yeah. And if you tell them that over, and, and they're like, they might think like, wow, I mean, the people in my game think this is a, a crappy world, too, so why should I continue living in this world? Yeah, it's a stage. So, I guess, uh, what is it, community PSA, public service announcement? Uh, yeah. You know, don't kill yourself, it's not worth it. Yeah, just I mean, I, I I think people just need to lighten up. It's just a game. Like the world's not going to end if you lose. I mean, yeah, sun's help. still going to come up tomorrow. <laughs> and if you need and, help, uh, get help. Yeah, and also it's a it's a horrible finance decision to to rage like this because you you're scaring away people from the game. Yeah, will kill the game eventually, and yeah. at least it will reduce the number of people playing games. Next time, uh, Shamanic Green is choosing whether to play Magic Online or uh, League of Legends. Maybe yeah. he takes League of Legends instead. Well, I think that that you want to see uh, the telltelling of raging. Uh, look at League of Legends. There's a lot okay, of people. Maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> no, it really isn't. No, it really isn't. There's a lot of people that uh, like League of Legends. I've I've talked to people that have played League of Legends, and they're like. Yeah, it's 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 not worth playing. There's just too many ragers on there. I mean, the fact there's so many ragers on there. There's people that are just like straight up don't want to play the game because of the ragers themselves. Yeah, just so not I, worth I it. Might have mentioned before. I played, used to play an MMO called City of Heroes. Yeah, and uh, that community was so much better than the Magic Online community. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, like Care Bear Heaven compared to Magic Online. Yeah. But I also play Battlefield Play for Free, where uh, sort of insulting people's mothers is like <laughs> etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, you, and a screaming whore in yeah. Polish. It's, uh, 
almost high. It's yeah. like, well, crazy. I used to play, for first-person shooters, I used to play a game called, uh, 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 what the heck was it? It starts with the C. Um, Counter-Strike. And uh, it, it by far, out of every first-person shooter I've ever played online, I like Counter-Strike the best, just because it's realistic. There's no spawning. For those that, and you saw the Ragers on that a lot, too. But and like, but on Counter Strike, if you had a Rager, it it will it will is really looked down upon if you were like that because, like, for those that don't know what Counter Strike is, first person shooter, but there's no spawning. You're on a team, and when you die, you're dead till the end of the round, till the end of the game. Sounds so like there's no. There's no, uh, oh, well, I don't care if I die. I can spawn and go after that person anyway. So if you were, like, one of the first people to die on the board and you raged, it, it just showed that you were a bad player. That's simple. It showed you are a bad player. Because in order to be good at Counter-Strike, you got to, you, you just can't, you, you can't claim you're a good player and die all the time. You you have to actually live to be a good player, and it, I always liked the game because it was realistic. It and on top, they made it so Counter Strike was made so realistically that uh, when you died, you couldn't communicate with members of your own team. So, like, because you could you could spectate your team as they're playing, but you couldn't be like, dude, look out behind you. There's the the guy with a, a knife or whatever. Because you were dead, you couldn't talk to your teammates after that. So they made it really realistic, which was always a fun. Which was always fun because, like, on that game, you would end up on the on the games where you'd end up like just the uh, one person, one person on either team is left, and they made Counter Strike so realistic that you could play with shadows, so you could be the player, have the one player running around with the gunner running around trying to get the other team member. And you could sit back in the shadows with a knife and literally sit there and wait for the other person to come around the bend and just knife them. <laughs> and there's nothing that anyone on the, on their team could do about it because they couldn't contact that person at all. <laughs> well, there would probably work rounds for that. If they yeah. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It, it's still a really fun game for that. But, yeah. But, yeah, like... Rages on uh, on Counter Strike were almost unheard of because it was just like, yeah, you're an idiot. You probably shouldn't be playing this game. You suck. Okay, <laughs> but if you if you want to uh, learn some real ranging, <laughs> ranging, go to Battlefield. Play yeah, yeah, play for free that. version of Battlefield. So yeah, everybody is uh, <laughs> everybody is bad at the game, <laughs> so they are there. <laughs> yeah, and they are mad <laughs> at each other. It's yeah. awesome. But yeah, it's just, there's it's no point to be mad mad about any and game. Even play. I started raging in that game. And I, oh really? Like far from raging. Yeah, I rage all the time. I sort of, <laughs> I, I let let if somebody rages on me, I will rage on them in that game. Yeah, I, I won't initiate. Yeah, but yeah, so it's just it, it's not worth getting mad over. It's just a game. Is it like a phone call in that game? Like, so if like you're uh, if you're no, on a head, no, no, it's all it's all chat. Uh, people oh, okay. use chat and stuff. But yeah. I know. Okay. But we used to have these evenings at my friend's computer company, so we were like software development company, so we were sitting like after work, eight people, 
drinking beer on the ridge <laughs> on Battlefield Paper Free. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. But who can get in the best rage? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, hey, we have new spoilers out. We so do? Check this out. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Since, since we started the podcast. happening real time. Yeah, real time spoilers. They're coming out as They're we speak. to the people. Yeah. So, is Mythic Spoiler slower than Salvation? Uh, I don't know. I'm on Salvation, though. I always go to Salvation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't it's know. They're up on Mythic Spoiler. Phoenix, God of Deception. Oh, uh, yeah. That's Mildek. Mildek. Um, right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's a lot of mill. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um... No, I'm more excited for uh, flavor-wise for this card, Whelming Wave. Sorcery, return all <laughs> creatures to their owner's hands except for Krakens, Leviathans, Octopuses, and Serpents. Oh, wow. Oh, man, the flavor on that is so awesome. That's a pretty strong card as well. I don't know how strong it is, but the flavor on it is just amazing. But this effect has costed five forever, and look at uh, Cyclonic Rift, it costs seven. Yeah. But it's just your opponent creatures, but still. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to call to attention that because that, that card really caught my eye. I'm like, that card is awesome. <laughs> so, okay. We have, I think we have one more thing to cover, don't we? Shout outs? Yeah, shout outs. Let the shout outs fly. You got yeah, I want to shout out the Roguecast. It's a new podcast, uh, main hosted by Fedjokan. Uh, includes Rogue Deck Builder from YouTube and MTG Lion also from YouTube. I was the guest on the first show and it's up on the Magic Gathering Strat YouTube channel. It will be on MTG Strat as well. And uh, I'm tempted to join the cast, but they are shooting. They, we shoot here at 5 a.m. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesday morning for me, <laughs> but they do it on Monday morning at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So I don't think I can do that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty early. But yeah. I will be a guest again on episode three. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. But it's a, it's a cast, uh, it's mainly about uh, uh, the mainstream magic uh, things, like, uh, like uh, the main draft format and standard. Yeah. Ugh, standard. And finance. Uh, uh, both the other YouTubers have uh, great finance content on their uh, YouTube channels. So we talked a lot about finance. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to shout out uh, you and David as well, but I already did that for a great CPC episode. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Again. It was uh, pretty easy content this week since we just had the premiere events back and like all of them fired, which is pretty yeah. pretty nice. <laughs> um, I have a shout out to Grant Champion. Where the hell are you? Grant, come back. <laughs> hey, Grant, come back. We haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've been meaning. I've, I've been meaning to try to uh, get a hold of him because he hasn't been on the show in a long time, and I think he needs to come back for a little bit, do a do a guest spot. So, I'm gonna try getting that done. Um, but yeah, so got anything else, guys? Nope. No, I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, where can they reach you? Uh, yeah, we should do that first. Where should they reach you, Chris? 
Twitter at Seaweaver8518 or Moto Seaweaver. And Dan? The fastest way to reach me is on YouTube at Magic Gathering Strat. Also on MTGO Strat. And uh, yeah, I'm still on the Popper to the People forums. Woot woot. And uh, you can reach me at uh, NUCon on uh, MTGO. And uh, my Twitter is at Nathan Youngkin. And uh, popper to the people at gmail.com. As well as obviously Facebook because I was talking to Jay. So I'm there. Just uh, hit me up. So uh, until next week, I'm Nate. And I'm Chris. I'm Dom. And this is Popper to the People. Popper to the People. There we go. Standing. <laughs>